Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to God, the God of heaven. Okay, what is it you want? The secret to having a great life is being able to answer this question. Okay, what is it that you want? But more importantly, what is it that God wants? That should be in your blank. Do you know what you want? And do you know what it is that God wants for you, for your family, for your community? I don't know how many people I coach and I sit down with and they they have vague goals, therefore they get vague results. They have a vague vision. Um, but the thing that fills me up with joy is I just, if I get a little piece of their heart where they start to share with me some of their passions and desires, I know God has placed those seeds in there. And if I can just get that to come into alignment with the creator, the one that put it in there, oh, look out world. You know, there's gifts and talents and abilities in all of us that we've been sitting on and God's been waiting on us. We think we've been waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. But everything starts with alignment before assignment. So do you know what it is that you want? God says he'll give you the desires of your heart. Do you know what his will is? Yes, we know his, his will and his plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. But remember, if that doesn't tie back into the mission and the Great Commission, you've missed the mark. What is your part to play in the making of disciples, in just sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus? What foundation will you build it on? And who will get the glory in the end? Man, is this good? We're just waking up. I can feel it. What is it that you want? Most importantly, what is it that God wants? This is a loaded question, right? The truth is, again, most people know, most people don't know what they want or why they even want it. How many times have I said, if you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it. If you don't know the why, you'll say goodbye. And even if they have clarity on what it is they want, is it aligned with God's wants and God's will? Notice how Nehemiah's first response is to pray. We we, we said as men, we're called to be first responders, not first reactors. And our first response always should be seek first the kingdom of God. Our first response, you know, before we run out of the fiery building with when there's smoke in there, what? We get down to our knees. That's what they teach you, you know, first thing, get low, get low, Right. Otherwise, if you go run through the burning building and you want to help everybody and save everybody, you're just going to inhale all that smoke and you're going to pass right out. But you got to pause in his presence for a moment and you got to pray. Pause in his presence and pray. You should write that down. Pause in his, am I taking time, enough time in the day, especially when opportunities come my way to pause in his presence and pray? What is it that you want? Before you respond as a first responder, you better have the revelation from your heavenly father, right? You can just bleh, and you can leak your vision instead of leading with vision, which a lot of people do. Or you could be a first responder and you can get on your knees and you can pray. So before we even take our position, we must first pray. That should be in your notes. Before you take your position, your stance, and what you're going to do and what you're going to do next, even though you sense an urgency, you got to get the ultimate. Sometimes we sacrifice the ultimate for the immediate. We want that immediate response. We want that immediate, that immediate uh, um, feeling, or that immediate res- or the re- re- immediate result. And the Lord is saying, "Would you just take a moment and pause in my presence 
and pray. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will give you direction. Even though you go through the darkest of valleys, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are with me. He is with me. Say he's with me. God's heart has and will always be to value people. And this was the intention of Nehemiah, protection for the people, to build the walls to protect the people. We must choose to value people over programs. That's one of our 10 tenets here at Victory. We value people over programs. So then our assignment needs to come in alignment with people over programs. Philippians 2, 3 to 5 tells us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests. What? What? But each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. That's why in Isaiah 55, it says, my ways are not your ways, and are my thoughts, your thoughts. They're higher. So we need to seek. The calling is always in Christ. Pause, pray in his presence before you pursue, before you take position. Check out Nehemiah's response. Okay, in the next verse, he says, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant, even just pause right there. How many people might come to you and just say, well, I'm going to do this whether or not I have your permission or your blessing. But, you know, they're not saying if it pleases you, it pleases me, so I'm going to do it. Well, God told me to do this. You're just a, another guy, another dude. So I'm just going to, he could have, he could have said, who's, who's higher, God or the king? But his approach also had a lot to do with his advancement. Right? He says, if it pleases the king, you see, I think he was also looking for confirmation in his call. He's looking for, before I stepped into ministry, full-time ministry, the pastors before us said, you need to know that you know, you need to know that you are called because there's going to be days when you want to just throw in the towel. But if you know that you're called, you won't do that. You'll continue on. You need to know that you're called. And the Lord confirmed that calling in confirmation through a non-believer who was my boss at the time. And Charmaine and I sensed that we were called and sensed that we were to take the next step, but we prayed, Lord, speak to him. Lord, soften his heart. And he had three dreams. A non-believer, the Lord spoke to in three dreams about me coming forward and saying that I was to leave him and there was nothing that he could do to keep me from going. But it was nothing against him or the business. Don't tell me that our God doesn't speak and our God doesn't confirm calling in our lives. But my approach to my boss was also with humility when I came to him because I wanted his blessing. We sensed we were going that direction, but I was also looking for confirmation. But my approach had a lot to do with my advancement. Before we transitioned into, the, into this church and, and taking over Victory Church here in, in the valley, and the same thing is I needed, I wanted a blessing. And all there were seasons that we didn't understand what we were going through, and, and maybe we would have even done different in that season. We still honored the authority that was over us, and because we honored the authority, we were given a bless, blessing to advance. Does that make sense? Oh, this message is going so somewhere totally different for someone today. 
(laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for your word. But he answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, there's a condition to the call, if it pleases you and I've found favor in your sight. So he already had the favor of the Lord. He said, if it pleases I found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that what? I can rebuild it. So second point is, you may have the position, but do you have the permission? That's a huge one. If you're looking for some of the secrets is, yes, know your position, but know if you have permission to move. Sometimes we, we move on our own time and not God's time. We've even been given God's vision, and then we move, and he just said, I didn't say move yet. And sometimes we pick people to be on our bus and to move with us that he didn't pick, but it was our preference, not his. Right? Sometimes we release that vision, like I said, we leak it, and then it's too soon, and the Lord's like, I gave it to you, but not to share it with just anybody just yet. I told you in Proverbs, uh, Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it, Proverbs 4.23. Not yet. So you might have the position, but do you have the permission, you know, with our kids? And I was taught the same thing that, you know, every kid is different and, and praise God when they get comfortable and they have, uh, they have freedoms in the house and they move in the freedoms, but sometimes they move outside those freedoms. And we have to say to them, do you have freedom to do that right now? You know, maybe in your house, your kids are just at any time, they can go to the fridge, open the fridge and make food and, and cook food. And they can in our house. My wife has done a great job at teaching them to be young men and do that. But if they go into somebody else's house, do they have permission to just open the fridge and go, no. You see what I'm saying? Right? Do we have the permission? Sometimes we take more freedoms than we, that we don't have. And we, sometimes you might have heard the saying, someone gives you an inch and they trust you with an inch, but you take a mile. The Lord gives you an inch and he asks you to be faithful in little before faithful in much, but you take a mile. And you're like, but Lord, you gave me this. You gave me this vision. Yes, but I gave you this seed first to sow, to water, to take care of it. And you just ran away from the seed, right? Am I speaking to anyone today? Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew twenty-two fourteen, 14, it says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. See, there were conditions to the call. I don't know if you saw it there. There was alignment, there was favor, and there was accountability. If it pleases the king, he was looking for the alignment, right? If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor, so there's alignment, there's favor, and then check this out, send me. So that means the king is sending him to rebuild it. There's also accountability. So you got alignment, you got favor, you got accountability, Those are three keys to to success (laughs) and to success of a great life. Are you aligned with your vision right now? Do you have favor? Like, do you have the freedom to do that too with the favor that comes with it? And then is there someone that's going to keep you accountable? And don't just say, well, I just have God and that's all I need because even Jesus needed his disciples. Right? Nehemiah could have just done his own thing. Even if there was a need, he needed permission. And if it wasn't in alignment with the king of Persia, you can bet he wouldn't have got permission. 
he would never have been granted that permission. And again, because of Nehemiah's faithfulness to the king, remember, we forgot about the backstory. There's more to the story, right? He wasn't just some dude that showed up and then if it pleases the king and if I have favor, he served the king. He was his cupbearer. There was trust before he was released, right? And did Jesus not say to us, if we want to be a great leader, we need to be a servant unto all? even greater servant. And sometimes it's almost like we skip that part or we think it's just part of the ladder and that we move on and we no longer become a servant. Jesus was the ultimate servant. Nehemiah didn't stop serving. And when he did and he tried to control, he lost control. We serve God and we serve others. There's an and part to that. Just as we do to the least of these brothers and sisters, we do unto him. It's the serve part. But it was his servant position that granted him permission. You know, there's people even, and I'll see it in, in, in businesses and organizations and even here in the church, and they, and they wonder how come people, certain people advance in the church or are given opportunities, like say Rick, for instance, to be up front and, and to share and to speak and have the microphone. What you don't see is what he's doing behind the scenes. What you don't see are the days that I'm calling him and asking him to do other things that aren't always sexy, are they? And I'm watching, and you don't see the three years that we've served together, and I'm watching how he responds and how he'll be faithful in little, and he's faithful in more and more. You don't see the behind the scenes of the servant heart. But then people will come in and they, and they have history or they'll think that, that they have, you know, all these qualifications. But hey, you could be the most skilled person in the world, but let's get to know each other because trust is needed before I can give you permission to advance. Right? And that's just wisdom, is it not? Is that not wisdom for you in your business? Not a wisdom in relationship? Character over skill. You can skill develop anybody. You can if they're willing, if they're teachable. But do they have the character? Dr. George told me, Dr. George Hill, the founder, told me once, he says, Matt, this is the hardest one. He says, but it's only when I spend years with people will I know if I can advance them. And he gives probably more people chances than they should have. And there's more opportunities in this movement than any other movement because we're just like, all right, give it a go because we start with a lot of trust. Sometimes people take that trust away, but wisdom tells us based on our past, we're at where we're going, what's the wise thing to do? Why don't we, Jesus said, come follow me. Why don't you spend time with me? Why don't you work with me? Why don't you learn the unforced rhythms of grace? Let's build something together, right? There's no rush. What's the rush? There's an urgency, yes, but if you send the wrong person, the whole thing, the walls might never be built. Or they build walls that were never supposed to be built. <laughs> Is this speaking to you this morning? Okay, praise God. I answered them by saying, oh, I'm that far already? Wow. Praise the Lord, because I have that much time. Amen. Verse 20, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Where does your success come from? Hello. God, from the Lord. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or the claim of this historic right to do it. Before this, the people were complaining and they were accusing and standing in their way. There wasn't collaboration. There wasn't even cooperation. 
And I think sometimes we just don't have time for the naysayers in our life. We're not looking like, I'm not looking at who's against me. I'm looking at who's with me. You know, who's, who's with you? Right? Do you, we don't have time for negativity. Oh, I'm not saying we don't have time to be real with one another, confess our sins to one another, but we need to move on, Right? We need to be forward thinking. We need to be united. The day of Pentecost, when they were in one accord, is when the Holy Spirit showed up. Jesus' prayer to his heavenly Father was, Lord, make them one. He said, didn't say make them right. He said, make them one as we are one. Right? Wouldn't it have been easier if he just prayed, Lord, can you just make them right? Because there's going to, but he knew there's going to be days when we're going to be wrong. But we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And as long as Christ is getting preached and people are getting saved and getting discipled, right? We got we to gotta keep moving in the right direction. We don't have time for, be, for indifferences and fighting amongst ourselves. We fight from a place of victory. We fight with the good news in the gospel. And we remember who our real enemy is. We're not at war against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We need to get a move on, but that doesn't happen until this, this final key that I want to share with you. The secret is togetherness. Togetherness. The challenge may be tough, but choose togetherness. I feel I'm, I'm just helping someone in their relationship right now. Togetherness diminishes loneliness and isolation, and instead it encourages love, and, yeah, mutual empowerment, forgiveness, reconciliation, collaboration, in the place of selfishness or competition or even greed, togetherness. See, togetherness. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, above all, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You see, God calls the, the right people to do his good works. There are many examples in the Bible of people who did everyday, ordinary tasks that brought great pleasure to God. The story of Nehemiah shows that God blesses the work of those that who are faithful in their work. God allowed Nehemiah to, Nehemiah to, Nehemiah to travel back and forth to the, by the king's blessing to rebuild the walls and the temple of Jerusalem. Things became tricky when their enemies wanted to stop them. But God continued to bless the work of their hands, and they were able to complete their building projects. In Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if you were working for the Lord, not just for human masters. Make no mistake that God has placed you in the right place, at the right time, in the right position. And that place might look like your home. That place might look like the workplace. That place might look like your community. And that place is this church. God has placed you. And I thank God for that. There's no limit to the places and the kinds of work that that he can do through you. There is nothing too small. There's nothing too unimportant when it comes to doing it for God. It takes knowing his will knowing that you are called and choosing togetherness. Our takeaway sounds simple again, but it always points to Jesus. The secrets to great life are found in our Savior. It's found in Him. He said, come and follow me. 
Would you stand to your feet? If you're here today or you're listening online or listening to this podcast is somewhere, anywhere in the world right now, and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, this, this secret has always been our Savior. He came into the difficult part so that we could receive him, that we could be free of our sins, so that we could step forward into our calling and that we could know that as we go through this world and we will have troubles, that he is with us and that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that we could take heart. And speaking of heart, Paul says in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. If we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, we will be saved. So I want to do that right now. Lead us through a prayer and just ask if you prayed this prayer before you'd pray so with your whole heart. And if you've never prayed this prayer before, I'm already pre-welcoming you to the family of God. <laughs> and we'll give you a, something to celebrate about after that. There's nothing greater. It says if just one comes back, one comes back to him, there's a party going on in heaven. So repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus, thank you for this day, this day that you have made. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins that you made a way when it seemed like there was no way. Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord over my life? I believe that you rose from the grave. And today, as I move forward, I don't look back. I will continue to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment if you prayed that prayer. Whether it's for the first time or you're coming back to him today, would you just give me a, a thumbs up? Pretty dark in the room, but pastor, that's me. I can prophetically see hands of, of people that are supposed to be here that are friends of yours, that are waiting on God and they're waiting, God's waiting on you. You know who they are. You know some of them are sleeping right now. Some of them are sleeping in. Some of them are worrying. Some of them are wandering and and if the Lord has given you a name or a vision of somebody that needs to be here, I ask that you write it down and that you would pray for them this week. But then you'd give them an invitation to go on the journey with you. And I know that's not an easy thing either because it's not just a one-time thing. It's a, hey, I'm going to walk this through with you, brother. Discipleship is messy. We know that. But we can get through the mess because of the message, because of the hope that we have in Christ. And so I encourage you, man, to just keep reaching. That is our vision here at Victory Church is to reach, teach, mobilize, reach every available person. By Have you reached every available person? By every available means. When you put your head on the pillow at the end of the day, did you have opportunities and you can say, Lord, I reached everyone I could possibly reach today for your kingdom and for your glory. Every day you can put your head to the pillow and say, like, there was an opportunity to reach somebody. There's an opportunity. I can tell you there's opportunity after opportunity to reach somebody for the kingdom of God. Hey, we'll do the teach part together. It's not just on you. Bring them into the house. Let's do it together. And let's mobilize them in their God-given talent, abilities, and most importantly, calling on their life. Jesus name. So the next thing we're going to do is um, baptism. I'm actually going to ask Rick, could you go up to the baptism tank and get ready to baptize in case someone comes forward? Yeah, you. I know that wasn't part of the plan. 
But uh, what I love seeing on the video too, I don't know if you noticed that, we record all these videos, all the baptisms, and more and more we're seeing other men and women that are baptizing other people in the church. And that's, for me, that's that just fills my heart with joy. Um, so if there is a, a man in the house today that would like to be baptized, or if you have any questions about baptism or you need prayer, you can come on up. Um, but we're going to worship God. We're going to leave room for that, for baptism now. And then I think we're going to have Coach Vince come up and tell us where to go from here. So let's worship. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.